Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello, welcome to Headliners. I'm Simon Evans. Joining me tonight, Josh Howey and Nick Dixon. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. I, yeah, I was waiting for some sort of... There's normally like an adjective. It's simply our names now. It's changing every night at the moment. Oh. They're really keeping us on our toes. You I don't need the adjective. Where I stood up and had to make sure I was wearing trousers. No longer... That's gone. And that's gone. gone. No trousers anymore. My own parents watch this show occasionally, and so far the main feedback I've had is that when I wear light-coloured trousers, it looks as if I'm naked under the desk. <laughs> and so and not to do And that. that's a bad thing. That's why my that's parents tune in. Is in it? The, in the hope <laughs> that they see, will get to see. we're going to be naked tonight. <laughs> we get to see a bit of chicken flesh. Can I just say well done for surviving the country being literally on fire? It was literally on fire, yeah. Actually, it was uncomfortably warm, but it did annoy me because I'm always anti-warm, whereas my wife forces me to take holidays in countries during the summer quite often where the temperature, where she goes to that temperature, 40 degrees in the middle of Italy or something, and says, this is lovely, this is great, stop complaining. And yet when it comes to Britain, she's all complaining. It's the she moans. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. I'm going to be camping yeah. the next couple of days. Are you where you five, going? Go five kids to this festival stand and calling. <laughs> but I've just been packing the cars. What kind of masochist are you to have five kids and go? This isn't hellish enough. What about if we couldn't shower and all had to stay in the same transparent? <laughs> that's that's clock? exactly what it is. <laughs> this is my last bit of air conditioned respite before the last time I'm clean for three or four days. Why haven't they got blackout tents yet either? That's a big thing. Well, because I guess it makes it hotter. Oh, would it? Yeah. yeah. But they, you get woken at 5am, don't you? And then yeah. you start to hear the cows. It's a nightmare. I'm, I mean, I'm terrified. It's going to be horrible. <sighs> Have you managed to continue losing weight? That's the main thing. Yes. I'm, yeah. As you can see now, I'm practically not here Have anymore. you got your diet book? That's got my, I don't even I need that anymore. Right. Don't even need it. <laughs> OK. Let's have a look at the front pages, gentlemen, before we uh, investigate these stories in detail. We kick off with the Daily Mail. They have uh, trust. I'll hold an emergency tax cut budget. That's an exciting proposition, uh, the males seem to be in favour of Truss, who they regard, I think, as a little bit drier than Sunak. Uh, the Daily Telegraph have Advantage Truss. They're uh, going with a uh, hangover of Wimbledon there. Advantage Truss in the race to be PM. And a photograph of her being almost applauded onto the stage, it seems. Also, Europeans urged to turn off lights amid fears Putin will cut off gas. Not sure those two things connect one another. Uh, the Independent, a fresh start for Britain? Question mark. The Independent probably doesn't think they do represent that, I would imagine. Uh, a summer of vicious infighting lies ahead for the Tories, they think. And The Guardian as well. Blue on blue dogfight. Well, they're hardly likely to be electing a Labour leader, are they? A Sunak and Truss face off. And a caricature of Margaret Thatcher there, who no doubt uh, many are noticing this Truss seems to want to channel Financial Times also have Truss starts a slim favourite over Sunak in two-way dash for number 10. The colour balance on that photograph is quite remarkable and makes uh, Sunak look a healthy tan and Truss a rather ghostly figure. The Times, Sunak pick me or lose power, uh, as in control over the country, rather than he's threatening the uh, Putin approach, I would assume, and breeze through broader control in contactless corridors. Interesting. Daily Express, uh, farewell Dame Deborah and farewell 
Boris, parting shot at Rishi and a hint, I'll be back. That's the Hasta La Vista quote from the Terminator film. And finally, the Daily Star, they've gone with a quote uh, from a Netflix executive to the effect that there will be no further mainstream television channels at all within the next decade. It's good night from me and good night from him. Uh, that's not relating to Prince Andrew and Prince Harry, who you can see at the top of the page there. So those are the uh, front pages. Let's see what's inside. I think our first story is going to be Tories bracing for the nastiest leadership campaign in the party's history. Is that right, Josh? Yeah, so Sunak and Trust, it was 137 votes to 113 mm -hmm. in the end. I personally think that the Tories made a massive mistake uh, not uh, putting uh, Kemi... Uh, Kemi, this, Kemi this channel's Bain choice. Not through. I, I think, and, and I say that as a Labour supporter mm. because I'd be, first of all, very interested... I like what she said, I'd be very interested to see what she would have done with it. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I think she would have forced Labour to sort itself out, mm. to get away from the identity politics yep. and to actually deal with issues. And I think it's such a wasted opportunity for this country for raising everybody's game. Yep. So now we're stuck with these two. And, and it's so often the case, isn't it? You feel some excitement when there's a leadership election of these kinds yeah, yeah. and you think and then, there there's, yeah, and then it just drizzles out and you're left with a very meek, a, a, a very... Milton yeah, sort of yeah. uh, advance. Oh, I mean, the one good thing is that Dominic Cummings is is back on the scene. Yeah. Supposedly uh, uh, supporting Rishi Sunak, and and he's now sort of leaking, or he's putting stuff in his blog about Truss and saying how she was a big leaker. Yeah. Uh, I've missed him. I've got to be honest. I've missed. Oh the well, guy. he's a very he's an intelligent sort of analyst. Certainly, I don't know whether he was a brilliant strategist exactly, but he could certainly tell you what was going on. Yeah. But they're saying that sh that that Truss has the advantage with the members. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose as members, it were. yeah, as it were, and <laughs> and Sunak doesn't because he's sort of seen as quite a high tax figure. Yeah, uh, and now it's all about whether he can reverse that or not. But he said during the uh, late, latest television debate, he asked, he turned to supposedly Truss and said, "Why are we doing this?" And I'm just thinking, why are you doing? If yeah, <laughs> I was a yeah. multi-millionaire, he obviously doesn't have a real love for it because he said that if he doesn't get, if he doesn't win, he's just going to stop being an MP. So it, I don't think it's just like coming from some massive passion of his. Well, I suppose meant, a lot sorry. of people thought that Johnson had written his ambitions on the back of an envelope mm. and that was what was wrong. Go on, Nick. Sorry, I thought Rishi meant why we're we doing these debates yeah. because they're not efficacious. No, 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 of course not. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it was a joke. I thought you literally yeah. thought it. Sorry. No, you, I, you did it so deadpan. Yes. Yeah. You did it so well. Debates, though. <laughs> um, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? The idea that I, any of us have any impact. Yeah, yeah. Audience. Although they were quite amusing. I mean, I question the idea that this is the nastiest campaign ever. I mean, the Thatcher time felt pretty nasty to me. And, and also... John Major, it wasn't a leadership contest, but he did refer, refer to the bastards famously. You know, yeah. he, he that was pretty nasty stuff, and he still hasn't forgotten that. But so I'm not quite sure it's the nastiest ever. I predicted Truss would win ages ago, and I've got a tweet to prove it, but with no relish because I was. All you do is you put out a tweet all about the time. everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's clever, isn't it? Yeah. No, I was back. In, no, I was back in Swell, but I didn't think she'd win, and I was back in Kemi when when she went out and hoping she would win. But I actually th always thought Truss had more chance, and I still do because of the members, like you say. And the thing you may not have mentioned is I don't know if you mentioned it. Rishi also wielded the knife, of course, so that's yeah. not very popular because he no, stabbed Johnson. True. And uh, yeah, it is funny that Cummings is now suggesting J Boris wants. Trust to win because he knows she's mad as a box of snakes. 
So is it a quote so that he can then, Boris can then come back? He might have a yeah. second yeah. history repeats. It's supposed to be his tragedy and then the second time is farce, according to Marx, but he's yeah. already done the farce. That's a slot. So maybe he'll come back as tragedy this time. Can I just add for my sort of base on the internet that they're all, they're all WEF anyway? Yeah. They're all three of, of them are from base. I mean, yeah, I mean, more than Scott. Master. Master. <laughs> it's getting bigger. Carl uh, Schwab is in charge. Yeah, happens. and they're all on the WEF website, aren't they? And the remaining two are, so we have to get that out there. Would you say Boris was as well? But we have, you were moving on to the second story. Boris calls Keir Starmer a pointless human bollard, which I did quite enjoy. He was, was in pretty good form today, wasn't he? He was in brilliant form. And that's what they're going to miss. I mean, yeah. there's going to be no one that can do anything like that. Shosh no. is not going to do that. Rishi's not going to do it either. And Starmer's going to suddenly look witty. And that's the danger. Yeah. I'm not sure Kemi would have done it either. On Kemi would have been better. She wouldn't have been as good as Boris. No one would be as good as Boris. Pointless human bollard. It was absolutely brilliant. Later he said, hasta la vista, baby. I question whether he literally thought that meant I'll be back. I actually got it uh, wrong. You know, yeah. because it does mean until next time. Really sometimes. Until I, see you I think again, he, he thought right. he was quoting Latin, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but he could have just, people said he could have just gone with the full on I'll be back. It might have been a bit ridiculous. But, Ace in the view. But um, I, my favourite was uh, Beth Rigby's tweet where she, she talked about the Boris's, Boris's sign off, Asta La Vista. Baby, the catchphrase used by Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. For so long, Johnson was the Terminator PM. Nothing could bring him down or stop him until the herd finally stampeded. Lost the metaphor at the end. Yeah. Went with the kind of shepherd thing. Uh, I don't recall, well, I was, I don't recall Terminator like, being a yeah. shepherd-based movie. I think yeah. it's The Lion King, isn't it, where Mufasa is trampled to death by oh, yeah, 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 yeah. stampeding wildebeest. She almost yeah. completed an entire tweet on the well, same The floor. other movie that he did was, he said, Mission Largely Accomplished, which I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that, that happening at the end. Tom Cruise just going... <laughs> we, we sort of got it done, guys. That would have Let's been finish a, the film now. That would be the English humility version. Humility that would <laughs> yeah. have been quite appealing if George W. Bush had <laughs> yeah, said yeah. that at the end yeah, of yeah. the Iraq War. And he did add, and he did add, crucially on the end of that, for now, again suggesting, <laughs> is he coming back? We don't know. And that's what that's the only. I mean, that's that's the only way to me that Boris is really like Trump in that he may return sometime down the line. Because I think in general people said, oh, Boris is our Trump. Some people said, but he's not really been, has he? Because he hasn't really been an inter- he hasn't really been an interruption to the establishment. He's been kind of. A bit of fun, but not really different. No, I agree. It's been quite a superficial scratch, I think, on the surface of... Uh, there, there were times, the proroguing of Parliament and so on, there were attempts to um, to get Stretch Brexit through. Things. But it felt... I, I mean, I know a lot of his enemies used that to indicate that he was not to be trusted with Parliament, but it was pretty obvious he was doing that in order to get Brexit through for that one particular purpose. And because, whether or not that was his fault... He felt, and I think there was some justification to this, that people were losing faith in the in the democratic process because they had had a, a vote for Brexit and it wasn't happening, and so that that was the that may be, you know, but then also break the, you know threatening to break international law. Yeah, with a thing. I mean, these are you know, and adding on top of that, his numerous other fibs, stroke lies. Yes. across the that but those, entire gamut. Those of are politics. superficial cuts to the process. That's what I mean. He leaves. Let's say whatever you think about him when he leaves. I think British democracy is not actually damaged in the way that you could argue Trump really was, you know, a a, a wreckage. Anyway, let's move on. Thursday's Times, maybe a solution to our future energy needs, Nick. Oh, yeah, government gives go-ahead for Sizewell C nuclear power stations. So ministers today overruled government planning inspectors, which is my favourite thing when when they get overruled. And and Kwasi Kwarteng said that there's a very substantial and urgent need to build this plant, which has outweighed the environmental harm. So this is us finally realising that we need nuclear power. It's like that old proverb, the best time to build a nuclear power station is 20 years ago, yeah. but the best time is now. And the reason I thought of that is you get to the next page, you think, oh, good, we're building finally nuclear. And you go, it's due to begin in 2024 and it will take between 9 to 12 years. Yeah. So not exactly not a good start, but it's You're not... You're hoping the Ukraine war is finished by then? 
Well, I mean, I'm saying we, it would have been much better to do it in the past, wouldn't it? And no, then, of course. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have... I mean, not that we're, we're not as dependent as Germany. We're only dependent for 3% of our gas on Russia, isn't it? Versus their 40, something like that. Can I just add one thing? Most people are saying this is a good thing, but of course you've got your environmentalists in there somewhere. Becky Spite, whose name seems quite appropriate, um, but it could be pronounced Spate, as in Spate of Horrific Crimes. Becky Spate says the charity was extremely disappointed because it will affect the nature reserve. So, of course, we have to give that for balance that the, the nature reserve... The RSPB, they are yes. an extraordinarily powerful lobbying it group seems. against uh, advance and progress of one kind or another. Yeah. What, what do you think, John? Although, obviously, not powerful enough this time. No. The energy needs are apparent to this country. Uh, yeah. I think that um, this is a good thing. Uh, I mean, I don't know about this specific incident, but I think it's obvious that we need more nuclear power. As you say, it's a, it's a little bit too late, but too late. that seems to be, you know... What Generally happened speaking, in Japan? Yeah, yeah. on this channel are, people are, are finally sort of coming around to it. But you know what happened in Japan a few years ago? Yeah. Like this is that—that's when you know. Imagine if they'd announced this the ten years, you know, when it all you happened. You know, you in say Japan. what that happened in Japan. You say what happened in Japan. Nothing happened. Like I don't think. I think there was maybe one death. I mean, there are so many vastly more deaths due to oil. Well, I think the, the radiation was there, and it's still like within the water. It's nothing. There. Honestly, trust me. Compared to the definite death toll every year from coal-fired power okay. stations. Well, in a couple of years, it's absolutely tiny. When Godzilla turns up, the we'll problem see. is the reason that the nuclear power doesn't get used is because people who have a green agenda don't just want to see us avoiding climate change. They want to use it in order to smuggle in socialism. That's exactly why. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly why. Exactly. There is only one reason. Hey, stay impartial. In every other, stay impartial, mate. <laughs> in every other respect, that is why. Because they want the global south to have their go. On to Thursday's Telegraph, the Royal Mail is not doing so well, Josh. No, it's not. And as someone who bought uh, that, some shares in Royal Mail when, it, when they released those shares, uh, I was like, I wish I'd sold at sort of peak COVID yeah. time. Because that was, they were flying high. They had all those free parcels going out. It was a good yeah. times. Shares are now basically going downwards. And yes, uh, 115,000 workers are going to basically strike. And Royal Mail is saying, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to split the company up into an international firm and the, because they are losing a million pounds a day. Wow. Uh, and when you actually read about... This is why I never send money in the post. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I was wondering why I'd never actually got it over. <laughs> you still owe me that, by the way. Um, but when you read about some of the things that they're still doing, their practices... Uh, in London, there's Mount Pleasant Plant in London. It's one of the biggest in the world. Mm. And they're still sorting the parcels by hand. Mm. That seems very old school. That seems like watching it on Blue Peter when they would do, how does the post work yeah. like 40 years ago? That that system is still Miracle ongoing. On 34th Street. Yeah. It's, so essentially, they've offered a pay rise, but it's not a lot. But it's contingent on restructuring, which is essentially people losing their jobs. So badge left, don't hear about this. What do you, what do you think, Nick? Well, I don't have any great... Uh, it's not my area of expertise, but it seems to me when these companies, state-run... state Not companies, but state-run things go go private or private-ish, there always seems to be... It's just They retain the inefficiencies, you know, the trains, the post... Yeah. They're not going to compete with the Amazons, are they, who, who would... Well, Amazon use them, don't they? A lot of my Amazon parcels, but Prime, they come by... Well, that's what I'm confused about. No, I, think, no, I think they've got their own service. Yeah, Amazon seems to have its own one that just arrives in separately now, doesn't yeah, no, it? Well, Amazon is a big threat to them. But what is your base, what does your base say about this? My base. I, bet, I, well, base. I can't tweet during the show. <laughs> I need to just quickly okay, check with well, them. Well, we're coming check out in. to a commercial break, so we'll just take one more story and then we can. you'll have an opportunity to check your Twitter. Check the base. I've got a new so joke this last now. story on this, uh, on this half is UK's part-year workers are entitled to full paid annual leave. This is another example of productivity being uh, deprioritised, uh, de isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's, about a it's a story about essentially a teacher who, who, who was, wasn't working full-time but 
were therefore wasn't entitled to their lead, but they've actually... I was hoping you could explain this one, Simon, because they actually won a court case. Yeah. And this is kind of your area, isn't it? They're saying they're entitled to the full year's leave rather than mm. a, a sort of uh, pro rata. This is yeah. essentially, if you were working nine months of the year and you would, if you, if you were normally expected to get six weeks holiday for a year's work, then they say nine months of the year, well, you get four and a half weeks holiday, something like that. But now they're going, no, you need six weeks holiday. Yeah. There must be a limit to it. If you work for a month of the year, you can't expect yeah, to get doesn't... that entire month off. Well, the whole <laughs> yeah. thing is so alien to me, having been self-employed so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, leave? Entitled to? I know, exactly. You know, yeah. In our business, you take a holiday, you're gone. Have any of you guys doing it in professional? I've had the, the gig economy <laughs> for 30 yeah. years, and I have no... Exactly, I don't even notice when bank holidays come yeah. around. I'm if like, if you go to Edinburgh Festival, Simon, you, yeah. it may not be your job when you get back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, Things change so quickly. <laughs> saying that, we have signed a contract here, and... This could help us. We're on it. We yeah. could be. This could be about us. Oh, good. This could make we get us a bit more dosh. It does really seem, though. Just uh, I won't hold it up very long for the commercial break, and it is pretty dry. But it does seem to me kind of symptomatic of the whole culture of the country at the moment, which is, I mean, I'm sure it's like the law, and and the judges are just finding according to the law and so on. But there does just seem to be an endless attempt to stop any work getting done. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like that. It, but there's also an endless attempt for uh, for employers to. Not hold back money from employees. Can, can, yeah, I, yeah. can I just say one thing on that? There was a brilliant Twitter thread, and it was titled uh, "Nobody Does Any Nobody's Prepared to Work Anymore." And actually, there was examples of this in the media going back to like 1857. <laughs> so people have been saying in the papers, "Nobody just wants to do any work anymore." So I, I agree with you. And then I think of this thread that has Fair ever enough. was, was ever thus. Welcome back to Headliners. I am Simon Evans. I am joined this evening by Josh Howie and Nick Dixon. It's the Dream Team now, Thursday's Express, and the 90s rock band, The Verve, were right, it turns out. The drugs don't work, Josh. <laughs> they don't work. So new research has found that serotonin is not the key to depression. Because that's sort of... And that's why, over the last... Uh, since the 90s, one in six adults now take antidepressants. SSRIs, two, right? Yeah, and 2% of teenagers are now being prescribed them as well. It's been a huge increase. Uh, but now they're saying, actually, uh, all this research over thousands of people are saying, they've done, they, did, they, sort of, they didn't just test this one thing, they tested, um, this is sec several decades of research, by the way. Yeah. And... Um, so is this a kind of meta-survey, like a big... Yeah, meta-survey, but it also yeah. di uh, doing different things. So one of the things they did is they researched levels of serotonin uh, in the blood, and they basically didn't discover any difference whether someone was depressed or not. So yeah. someone with low or high, or they, the two didn't sort of seemingly correlate to that. Uh, they also looked at studies where uh, they artificially lowered serotonin. Yeah. Didn't make any impact in depression. I didn't... didn't uh, and are these people who are on the pills? These are people who weren't on any pills, oh, okay. so they lowered serotonin. So, And then another thing that they did is that um, stressful life events um, seem to have... Uh, much more importance about whether yeah, yeah. people actually get depressed or not. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, guess what has happened? Uh, a spokesman for the uh, Royal College of Ph Psychiatrists says, actually, they're massively effective. Hey, big farmer, got it to the, got to the it's old. It's very uh, interesting. Isn't it? I mean, a lot of people have been saying for decades since it first came in. Prozac was the first big yeah. one of these, right? But now there are loads of different variations on them. But when it first came in. Right from the get-go, a lot of people saying, "I think this is just a placebo effect that people are being told that something is working yeah. for them." 
I don't know. Um, I mean, it's just, it's never been adequately explained. If, if I'm, I don't know, I may be getting confused, but I think they weren't even intended, they weren't even developed for this, but it was one of those things where they found that, uh, a bit like, uh, or I might be getting confused with the uh, impotency one, which is um, Viagra. I can't remember I what it's that called. Was, is, it, is it called yeah, Viagra? Viagra, yeah. Viagra? <laughs> Simon seems to be, check, check with your base, pill check with your base quickly. <laughs> but anyway, that yeah. often happens, and that doesn't matter particularly, but often they kind of, they try things out, and if it works, then they try and work out why it might be working. Do you see yeah. what I mean? I don't know whether they've been doing that with this, but it's always been this cloud of suspicion. I'm amazed they've got 85 to 90 percent of the public believing that depression is caused by low serotonin or yeah. chemical imbalance. I've never believed it personally. I'm not a doctor since the incident, but I do. <laughs> I do. I, I always suspected uh, they were harmful potentially. I mean, I knew someone who, who claimed their father had committed suicide because some of them can create suicidal ideation, and yeah. then we don't know what they do. Somebody even admits here we don't know what they do to the brain. I mean, there is that's quite important. I've always felt go back through literature. There's always been depression. Look at Melville on the first page of Moby Dick. Ishmael talks about having the hypos, and he cures yeah, it yeah. by going to the sea. That was the old school solution. So life. It's an existential problem. We, we know we're going to die. There's a lack of meaning in the culture. We don't believe in God anymore. So, of course. And then you've got objectively miserable circumstances. I used to sign on in Biker in Newcastle. That's objectively miserable. Yeah. Now I do a lot better. I'm at GB. I'm working out. And now I've, I've replaced depression with a kind of untethered anger. And it's a lot better. So my point is, if, you, if your life's going well and you've, you're working out, you're doing your exercise and all that, then get back and say, I'm depressed. I'm not saying there's no one's depressed. I'm not trying to undermine it. Well, it does. But it's it not simple to take a correlates, pill. But it does correlate with people who are unable to take those kind of measures, who are, for instance, housebound in some way or right. other, mm -hmm. like who are carers and can't just leave the house and all that sort of thing. It is. I do find it interesting. You're right. But philosophers throughout the years have often had been a bit prone to depression. And certainly like the big German ones who seem to sort of dominate a lot of our thought now, your Schopenhauer's and your Nietzsche's and so on. They didn't really live great lives. You know, they would dwell on things being bad. They would write great books about things being bad. They would present very well-articulated propositions for why things were right. intractably bad. But they didn't really come up with solutions, whereas people who go to the mad. gym or, or just, like, go sea swimming every morning tend to feel good. Well, right? here's a good solution. Have five kids. Yeah. You will never <laughs> contemplate anything to do with existence. You will just be too busy... Constantly. The good thing is, I mean, that is true as well, isn't it? There's much lower rates of I'm suicide so when people happy. are busy. Yeah. I'm so happy in my trapped Exhaustion. existence. <laughs> <laughs> I also do wonder as well, though, you know, depression, I don't know if this is a bit twee or quaint, but it feels like the, the clue is in there. Take the pressure off a little bit. Whereas sometimes there is, you know, depression is trying to slow you down and make you take the pressure off. But if you take these pills, society says, don't worry, you can carry on working 12 hours a day and, and you know, yeah, trying to live true. at this crazy high speed that society yes. demands of you. It might you be know. a sign you should, you should do something. And I don't want to undermine anyone who's like feeling, or, or, you know, whatever the word is, uh, you know, not saying, there might be people out there saying, shut up, Nick, I'm dealing with something really bad. And it is yeah, very yeah. bad. But I'm just saying, yeah, it looks like these drugs are questionable and it looks like the chemical imbalance thing is questionable. So there yeah. may be other solutions. I think absolutely right could in the end turn out to be good news. On to Thursday's Guardian, a topic Nick requested to cover as it's one of his specialities. <laughs> Go on, Nick. Hormone replacement therapy to be offered over the counter in UK, yes. And this is a landmark move, uh, a huge step forward for women's health. The first type of HRT to become available at pharmacies without prescription will be Gina 10 microgram vaginal tablets. I never thought I'd say that again wow. on TV, but there it is. And um, it's, you know, it seems like a good thing. It, it, I am no expert, as Have you tried said them? there. No, I haven't tried these ones. Uh, they're not my brand, but it's... It, Are we saying, sorry, that you're saying that is where they're actually inserted, is it? They're tablets to be inserted in the in the, in in that particular I, orifice? I'm not necessarily saying that. It says vaginal <laughs> tablets, I'm assuming it is. I didn't know that. Oral tablets? I think, Fair enough. Yeah. 
I'm not. I don't know because I'm. Okay. I'm I can't, can't, can't confirm. <laughs> Call I, base. Call I was base. more interested in the. Um, <laughs> I took more interest in the overview, yeah. which is that. Um, it's generally good to me that thing that we don't have ridiculous regular. We don't have to get a prescription for everything. No. When I was in Guatemala, I didn't particularly like the crushing poverty or the armed guards or the weird tax system where you couldn't seem to save. But what I did like was the fact you could just get antibiotics over the counter. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, why can't we have that? And then you bought all those drugs back. It was great. Yeah. Well, exactly. And you sell them <laughs> yeah, to yeah. people like you well, in, well, in North Well, there are websites, London. aren't there? HRT has yeah. been on an interesting journey. You're, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with it. Um, I sure am. You know. It's an absolute lifesaver. Yeah. My wife, I hope she doesn't mind me saying, she's perimenopausal. Yeah. And it's made a massive, massive difference, a massive shift. And it's a, it really can be a lifesaver. Yeah. The impact on women of that of that age for that sort of 10 15 years yeah. that, you know more and more information is coming out about how it fundamentally changes your biology yeah and so these treatments can they they can do two things both of and they can do both of them which are both good one they can extend the lifespan of you feeling like you have always felt and feeling happy about that and then they can also just stop that kind of coastal shelf kind of they can just ease yeah, yeah. it off a little bit as well you know which are both yeah. good things the only thing is again i think there is the potential potentially harmful, that you kind of go, right, you're on your HRT, you can now carry on working at oh, a high right. rate and so on. The you know. capitalist system. You're very anti-capitalist. Yeah. And well, it's just Simon. these two things have collided. But I've, in a way, it's got to be for women to choose this. This is the point. And so these drugs are available and they can make their own choices. You know. Speaking yeah. of the system, can I add one thing? They did ruin it at the end by saying the announcement comes hours after ministers vowed to tackle decades of systemic and entrenched gender health inequality. Yeah. Hat out of a pop at men at the end, yeah, in yeah. case you forgot you were reading The Guardian. I bet it was men who invented HRT. Probably was. I don't want to be... <laughs> and the tampon. We're so nice. I think, I mean, I read that thing when it came out yesterday and it, and it is um, pretty terrible that there hasn't been this focus on women's yeah. health specifically because they are... A different sex with different needs, and it hasn't. It needed to be. Well, there was. On there it. really was, and actually, it was a lot of women's groups that came out against HRT initially because there was a lot of evidence. That oh, well, this is a wider thing than breast cancer be. and yeah, so yeah, on. Yeah. But there's, you know, the thing is, it's very often other women's. In the same way, in, in America, everyone is convinced after Roe v. Wade that it's men trying to stop women having abortions. More women are against the easy access to abortions in America. More right-wing women. Mm. It's, it's more of a female-led thing against... Yeah. So, you know, there's always a little bit more nuance to that. Thursday's Mail next, and we talked about chocolate wrappers last night, uh, getting health warnings. Now it's the marketing teams for alcoholic drinks that might be headed for a meltdown, Josh. Yeah, so they want to put alcohol uh, in plain packaging or to be plastered with that sort of those photos that you get on cigarettes. But I think that's actually a really good idea. Like, they should have, like, a, like on bottles or whatever, they should have all those photos of, like, drinking can cause this, yeah. and then have all these photos of people having an amazing time. Yeah, and you know, maybe like, one person in the corner not having a Yeah, drink. someone, so far, you know, so, yeah, exactly. But like that, like, like at the end of uh, The Hangover, yeah. remember they had that photo mon montage. It's like, drink this, and this is, you're going to get your tooth pulled out, and you're going to marry a prostitute, and yeah. you're going to like, adopt a kid or whatever. I think it's a great... The great thing about alcohol, unlike, to be fair, tobacco, which does have a fairly limited range of outcomes, doesn't it? But alcohol leads to all sorts of exciting situations. Some are good, some are bad. I mean, maybe they could give you a free, like, half-hour, 24-hour cops. They should know, all be yeah. depicted on the packet, Choose Your Adventure. Yeah, um, exactly. the, 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 Some of the tests, did you read? I mean, some participants were asked to choose between fruit or chocolate that had a photo of a dead dog that had been abandoned on the road. I mean, you are going to be put off by that. Yeah. I'm not sure where I stand on it because... Oh, and another one was people, uh, they, they, they canvassed some people and they said it was all about colour. Another male said, colour is what attracts people. It's all about colours. I mean, that guy, his life's going to be improved by alcoholism. I mean, someone at <laughs> such a low level. Is, <laughs> I was reading this about the chocolate bars, the dead help. dog, and I was like, I've been dieting for a month now. 
I'd, I'd absolutely I'd eat, eat the dead I'd dog. Eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat any of it. I'll eat the dog. I will pull over bar. a dead dog. <laughs> to me, desperate. the most effective thing they did with smoking was ban it from the pubs. What about banning drinking from the pubs? You have to go outside to have yeah. your drink, and inside is just a kind of silent, grim game of darts or no, Jenga. No, but the pub is the best place to drink because actually there's kind of social... You I'm know, not saying it's just that you go outside of the pub. Becoming drunk in the expressions of your friends. It slows you down a little bit. It's the problem drinkers don't drink in the pub. But this is a story a few days ago about how drinking in pubs has, has declined massively yeah. in the last, like, two years or something. And social drinking has become much more dysfunctional. And also, just to be briefly serious, the people yes. who are problem drinkers, they're not going to be put off by this either. You know, this is always they always attack the kind of things that are going to make middle class, I said middle class, maybe working class, but just people who have a, a reasonable use of alcohol to improve their life at the weekend and, you know, take, yeah. take the edge yeah. off the day. They're going to be the ones who are going, oh, God, I can't even come home and have a drink now without being confronted with some hideous image. You're right. It's more safetyism, and I have to say to yeah. my base that it, I don't like the safetyism. I'm not so libertarian that I want drugs legalised, but this does seem a touch too far. Uh, also, but I think it's quite good that you can get tenants and then go, oh, it's actually Strongbow. Yeah. It's, cla- <laughs> it's, it's classy. Thursday's Telegraph now, and the armed forces don't seem to think sex work is real work, Nick. Uh, yes, uh, Telegraph. British troops banned from paying prostitutes while overseas. Doesn't mention their domestic policy there, but the uh, Ministry of Defence has introduced a blanket ban, no pun intended, presumably, on paying... <laughs> I'm on fire on this one. On paying <laughs> prostitutes while they're overseas. They're only banned from paying them, though. They're allowed to use yeah. them, and then that, they have to... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's, in, it's in my other car keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's in my other... Yeah. Tank. Go on, tank. <laughs> um, the policy will ensure... So it's two new policies, uh, Simon, you'll need to note this. The policy will ensure that every allegation will be responded to, no matter where the allegation takes place. And the second one is that there'll be a zero tolerance to unacceptable sexual behaviour, which is quite broad. I don't know. I also say I like this, a presumption of discharge. That sounds like a slightly <laughs> old-fashioned attitude. If say. someone's done their that job right. That was almost right. the fear, <laughs> We shouldn't presume. Yeah, um... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I wouldn't do this anyway. I'm, I'd be like Michael J. Fox in Casualties of War. I'd be like, no thanks, you know, when yeah. they're doing things like that woman. I'd yeah. be like, it's not my scene. I, and, and to be honest... So you wouldn't stop it, but you'd just be like... Well, I'd, I'd do a court case at the end. But I've... Oh. I mean, I've, I've, I've backed a lot of controversial things on this show, but I don't think I'm going to die on the troops should be allowed to see overseas prostitutes Well, killed. it used to be a big part of troop culture during the war, but I suppose it depends where yeah. they go to some extent. I mean, it was, it was the principal means by which the British and the French interacted in, during the First World yeah. War, wasn't it? Sorry. Do you hear something? No, I just heard half of Nick's base just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, they, you know, they kept the British-French, Anglo-French relationships were, were kept alive, basically, by Tom. In fact, it's the first scene as well in... Um, all quite on the Western Front, isn't it, where they go away and they, and they visit some girls, you know. But then the question is, I think, the I think people era, are much it? more educated now as to how it's really about power. Yeah. And so the exploitation of where, and even if people seemingly want, you know, why do they want to? No one really wants to do that. They're doing it because they have no choice, ultimately. Yeah. And but that, is... I don't know if you've ever been to an army base. I've entertained a few. The squaddies there don't have much choice either. They're, oh. not, they're not like all these guys who've seen the advert and gone, yeah, that's what I want. A lot of squatters haven't like embraced, you know, taken a, a huge amount of from a wealth of career opportunities. Yeah. You know, can I ask this? Ninety percent of the world's people don't have a great deal of choice. No. That's true. Sorry, to I was just so I got carried away because I suddenly it suddenly occurred to me: How does the left reconcile? It's all about power imbalance versus sex work is great and empowering. Well, I, I don't agree. I, I hate that stuff. 
Oh, like, good. That's far left. Oh, good. <laughs> Actually, you're right. I saw you crack the other day on, when I say crack, I mean yeah. you're getting gradually red-pilled on this show. It was talking about kids in schools and, and how they were trying to tell the kids that sex education... Like, no, sex mate, mate, I've, been, I've, been on this, and you were just like, I've been on this stuff for a long, long time. I heard you say the sentence, what are they teaching our kids? I was like, Josh has gone full Daily Mail. We've done it. <laughs> no, Let Daily Mail has Tommy come Robinson full Josh. Before the end of the run. Welcome back. I'm Simon Evans. This is Headliners. Joining me are still Josh Howey and Nick Dixon. Very relieved. Still. <laughs> We're back from a commercial break, which managed to see us talking about Tom Hardy having sex with himself. I'm really not sure how we got there. We kick off the final stretch uh, this evening with the mail. And is it now OK to say woke go broke, Nick? Uh, this is the Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes uh, so oblique, those yes, intros. Know, They're so yeah. almost poet, poet, poetic, but I don't know what they're <laughs> on about. So Netflix, uh, post-COVID slump continues. Streaming giant loses almost one million subscribers during spring. Not great. They've tried to sell it as a good thing. So they, they lost 970,000, but they tried to say it was good because it actually predicted they'd lose two million. It's like <laughs> saying, she turned me down, but I predicted she'd slap me, yeah. and she didn't. <laughs> so it's still a win, lads. So Netflix, you know, they're in trouble. It's go woke, go broke, some people think. And, and they did go backpedal a bit with the wokeness when they said to their employees, you know, you've, you've got to accept Dave Chappelle and things like that. You can't yeah, be told. What, what are their what examples of their wokeness? I'm just drifting through. There's a thing in which a bloke gets pregnant called He's Expected. Yep. There's a there's a, an adaptation of Dr. Ibram X. Kendi's anti-racist baby. Yes, and then there's Meghan Markle just existing <laughs> and on, the, on the platform. Spending money for doing nothing. Yeah. But some yeah. of their other stuff, I mean, Squid Game's pretty good, isn't it? And yeah. sex education is quite funny. I yeah, think. it's I don't a don't perception. Know you know, oh. viewers have got this perception. They're saying there's patronising virtue signalling lectures. Someone else was annoyed that the Resident Evil adaptation was attacking men and being woke. Oh. There's a perception, you know, they're involved with Obama in some way or they were. It... it it's this war we have now. The war's coming between the the, the, the different forms, the, the mainstream, Disney and the Netflix, yeah. and the people like, like the Daily Wire, you know, Jordan Peterson, who I'm legally obliged to mention every show, just signed with Daily Wire Plus, and he was saying they've got 890,000. Netflix still has 200 million. So there's a bit of a fight back, but... The, the, what is still... the Daily Wire? I thought so the Daily Wire, like a news desk. Daily Wire, it's interesting, Simon, because Daily Wire has launched this massive thing where they're going to do fiction movies, they're doing westerns, they're doing documentaries, they're doing kids' programming in response right. to Disney and their sort of grooming. And, what and I, the reason I bring that up is it's interesting to see Netflix failing and are we going to have alternative channels come up yeah. to threaten them? But then again, I want to well, also I reiterate... Well, I watch Peterson 24 hours. Well, you should. It's quite cheap and you can get it, but yeah. I don't know if I like... Oh, and also Netflix has got this ad tier now. You pay less, but you have to watch adverts. Yeah. It's like TV. It's going the other way. Yeah, yeah. What uh, do you think? Well, the big thing that we're not talking about are all the other services. That came, you know, when yeah. Netflix was getting a lot of its numbers a few years ago, it was the only service that was available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Now, of course... It from Blockbuster then, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now you've got Apple TV, you've yeah. got Paramount, now just came into market. You've got Amazon... Uh, and, and a lot of them are doing, they've sort of upped their game. Amazon wasn't that great for a long time. Now, no. now they've sort of cracked it. So whether it is about this woke stuff or not, the quality is not there. That's the problem with Netflix. You have something like Squid Game. Why it worked was because it had a singularity of vision. It had one person's thing and it wasn't about, um, you know, trying to appeal to many different people. It yeah. was like, we're going to make this for this market. And then it appealed because it was an original story. Yeah. You can have something like Queen's Gambit, which is about a woman and I chess like and all that, that stuff. And it was brilliant. Yep. But it wasn't about, like, slamming it over the head. Oh, women are great and this and that. Yeah, it was yeah. like it told a story naturally. Mm. That wasn't about her being a woman. It was about her going... It was actually a quite a long story. Do you know who wrote it? 
Yes, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same man who wrote The Hustler, the pool movie about yeah, with, with Paul that? Newman. Oh, Newman. Yeah. They've so been trying to make it for years, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. And actually, in a way, that was a good thing about it, wasn't it? Because it then it was it felt modern, but it didn't feel like it had been driven by modern concerns. But yeah, yeah. and they also removed films, so then you have to go to Amazon Prime, who are more likely to have it. Plus, they send you packages. Well, that's it. The reality is, you don't actually watch anything Netflix. You go on it, you flick around for an hour, <laughs> nothing, you nothing you want, and then you go, oh, "I'm going to go." To I have to say, I don't want to. Like, I don't. Uh, I think I'm allowed to just express personal preferences. I do kind of like the Amazon Prime offer now. I yeah. get Amazon Prime anyway because I just like speedy delivery is free, and you can basically rent a movie you want for a couple of quid. You know, most movies are on yeah. there, but you don't or pay like a, a monthly thing. You're just paying for everything you want to watch. If I watch two movies a month, that seems like a pretty good. And they do have some pretty good shows as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right, and it feels a little bit like that everything is in turmoil at the moment with media. It's the same thing if you go online, if you want to, if you see a link to an article you want to read on Twitter, and then you get there and it goes, you've had three, three articles a month, and now you have to subscribe. You go, just let me read this. I'll pay you 25p to read. Do you know what I mean? There needs to be some kind of way of, of just like seeing. Should we do everything. a break right now, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Quidditch next. And um, oh, man. this is, uh, again, the trans wars have invaded, possibly, or have they? Is, it, is, this, being, is this being reached for as an excuse? No, no, it isn't. It, it, uh, so there's a, they've taken the quit. Look, I don't even like the books, or I've, I've seen the films. I don't really <laughs> yeah. care about the book, no. you know. Uh, but, the, but a bunch of geeks out there have created <laughs> these teams based on the actual the game in the book. I seem to remember vaguely Broom's and some spinning ball or something, I don't know, yeah. whatever. But they're, uh, not on, they're not riding a, a, an airborne... I, I don't know if they're sort of going, yeah. whatever <laughs> it is. It supposedly is actually sort of taken off as a sport. It has okay. lots of fans. And now they were saying that the problem was that, uh, that Warner Brothers owned the title, so it made it hard for them to make any money out of it. So that's, that is part of the reason, to be fair. They're also saying that sort of 50% of the issue is that... Um, they have. They are saying here with J.K. Rowling's anti-trans positions. Now, anybody who's actually familiar with the debate, the debate will know that, of course, she doesn't have any anti-trans um, positions at all. She has pro-women's rights um, yep. positions. So the, every time I read that, I always get angry when they're kind of bringing this stuff yeah, into. Yeah. It. Obviously, this is happening in America, where it's a much bigger deal out there, um, and it's just it. It's so frustrating because if you just show any of these people, why don't you actually read what she's written? Yes. And tell, you know, every time you say, please, name me one transphobic thing that she said. Mm. And they, they never can. It's, but it's infuriating. That's giving them too much credit because all they care about is the backlash. They don't care about what she's actually said. They care that a load of people will attack them. Yeah. And to them, it's a numbers game. Although not even a numbers game, it's a loudest voices game because they think we'll get shouted out on Twitter. But as yeah. Boris said today in Parliament, which we forgot to mention, it's not Twitter that counts. What we need to do somehow, I know this is in the US, is get to the point where corporations feel more fear from doing these kind of things. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're afraid so they do this. We need, they need to be punished for doing this kind of thing. They need to be rewarded for being sensible. You know, the interesting thing that Halifax, I don't know if you saw what, remember what happened a couple the of pronouns. weeks. pronouns. Yeah, the pronouns thing. But then people were basically like, we're leaving and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, good, this is going to teach them that you don't disrespect your customers like this. Because the way they put out a tweet that said, yeah, we're all fine. If you don't agree with us, just leave. Go elsewhere, And, yeah. then, and then actually the impact of that, definitely people left. But it's not had the impact necessarily, and I think, and they were still sending letters back to people saying, you yeah. know what, if you don't agree with us, that's totally well, fine. Well, it seems like a, uh, a fairly small but uh, telling example. Mary Kimball, uh, the chief executive uh, director of US Quadball, 
Yeah. I think they should just call it Kimball. That would solve it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. That'd be the, and maybe that's where she's moving them on towards. Times next. Finally, someone is standing up for a downtrodden and arguably the politest members of Parisian society. <laughs> right. Well, this is left-wing Paris councillor Mock for saying rats are victims of prejudice. So, of course, the left are continuing their path towards supporting degeneracy. They already sort of support anyone that's against the prevailing culture, criminals, anyone. Now it's rats they've moved on to, inevitably. <laughs> and this person is called Dushka Markovic, perhaps an apt name, not for me to say. Um, <laughs> and, uh, of course, this person has said that it's, I prefer to call them sermulots, which has a less negative sound. So we're not allowed, it's typical lefty semantics, we're not allowed to say bad things about rats. I'd say this is, every time you say left, it's far left, mate. It's far left. It's well, far left, idiot. This is a, well, this is like my a base will be the judge of that. So, this is a socialist greens this is coalition. The origin of the left. This is and in Paris. Josh, you're on the Sir right now. Low. Embrace Sir it. Mulo. I just want to say it's Mulo, I think. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm from the north. I'm and it means sort of uh, field, it's an field mice. Field mouse. And my, my wife, know, I even looked that up, and it, the internet has lied to me. My in-laws had a house in France, which they bought with an inheritance and then kept for a few years. And where my wife used to go down there in the summer, it was always infested with Mulo, and they they would like you'd have to root them out of the barn and everything. They they are slightly cuter than than the, the regular the rat. rats. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just that's just choosing to call them that. Well, yeah. okay. Well, that's I don't what know if they actually it's are. It's not that. just that. But essentially, what it is is she's basically covering her job. She's ba her job is to deal with the rat problem, and they've have a massive issue over there, especially what happened because they're redoing the metro, but also yeah. because uh, during COVID, it sort of pushed a lot of them up up to the surface. Schools are closing, like nurseries. They're coming out in the nursery. Really? And all this stuff. So her job is to exterminate them, and she's basically going, "No, no, let's be friends <laughs> oh, with them right. and coexist <laughs> with them and whatever." But then Paris has got real problems at the moment under this mayor. Uh, and there was a, a thing... Is a that who weeks. this is? Douche the Yeah, no, no, she, this is a councillor. But Anne uh, Hidalgo, there's been some real okay. problems along the lines of San Francisco, what happened when they voted in a very far-left okay. mayor, sort of, and uh, legalised drugs, essentially, and all this stuff. And there's been a lot of problems in Paris at the moment. I mean, it's, it's always said, isn't it, it's the beginning of a genocide when you, when you compare humans to rats. But I think it's OK to be care, compare rats to rats, isn't yeah, it? That's probably... Right. A reasonable think that's way of enough. setting your mindset <laughs> yeah, before yeah. you move on. On to the Times, Josh's favourite topic. This is sport. Oh, gosh, yes. So, um, a Dina Asher-Smith, she qualified the four fastest... In is she the... British? I don't know. You don't know? Uh, I don't know. She's, this Josh, is the women's... This is, this is running. She is. I I'm think hearing she in is. my ear that okay, she's... She is. On GB News, Josh. GB News, yes, she name. is. And brilliant, and she's British, <laughs> and she's qualified, and the women's 200 metres, that's where they run for 200 metres, and she did it in a really that's fast good. speed and, and whatever. So uh, the interesting thing is that um, she's going to be up against someone uh, who... Uh, I think this is the first time that um, Nambia's... Uh, Beatrice uh, Masalingi, who is a DSD athlete. What does yeah. that mean? It means that she has an intersex condition, which I think oh, they right. just... Uh, they changed the laws, the rules, uh, the World uh, Championship, uh, Athletic Champion, changed the rules so that anybody running 400 metres or over uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do so now if they had testosterone in their body because of right. this condition in the women's race. So what's happened is a bunch of people have instead gone to 200 metres right. to deal with that. And guess yeah. what? 
They've got testosterone in their system and they're doing great. I would have thought it would make more difference at the faster sprint speeds than it does because that's more about explosive muscle, isn't it? Yeah, well, long term. You know, the, the thing is, they've got this wrong yeah. for so long, for so many years. Lord Coe is president of the World Athletics. He should be uh, capable of, of uh, conducting this with some sensible... Yeah. But yeah. I'd just like to say, this is a separate issue to transgender yeah. people in sport. Yeah. Trans activists always try to conflate... They're always trying, yeah, they're always trying to conflate the two. Hey, what about people with intersex? And I believe that people with intersex conditions always say that they hate being brought into this argument. Intersex. Not internet conditions. Internet conditions, yes. Well, that's good. (laughs) That's why I watch a lot of intersex internet. Onto the Telegraph. And who knew the 80s hit movie Twins with Danny DeVito was so prescient, Nick? Yes, identical twins separated as toddlers develop striking differences in IQ. So IQ, of course, a very controversial subject because if you start saying there's inherent differences in IQ, like Charles Murray did in the bell curve, you get accused of all sorts of things, racism, eugenicism, when he was actually just trying to help and suggest policies. But, um, you know, and, and there's also IQ inequality. You know, people like Zuckerberg tend to do well because they're very smart. Mine's a mere 137 on the last test. But, <laughs> but um, so I'm just down here with Josh at GB. But although, you know, Jewish people tend to do very well on those okay. things, but we don't want to get into that. But, but, what's, but this, what's sorry. What's get on to the story? I got off to the story. Two Korean twins separated at birth. Two Korean twins separated at birth. And they were no, one, not at birth. Not at birth, they're two, they're two years, old. years old. One of them was in Seoul okay. and one of them went to the US because she got lost, essentially. Mm. Came back 40 years later. And one of them had a higher IQ, and the one from the US had a 16 points lower IQ than the one from Seoul, but, which is quite funny. But then, then it turned out that she had a concussion, several concussions, and yeah. also didn't have confidence doing tests, so it could easily be attributed to that. I don't know. I think this is definitive proof that America makes you thick. Yeah, well, it's certainly tempting to see it that way. But what I think is bizarre is it's being presented as some original. They have done thousands of twin studies. Twin studies underpin pretty much all of the re- research that you're talking about that's been controversial. There's a man called Robert Plomin, who is an American based in, uh, I think it's King's London in, De- in Denmark Hill in, in, in South London, who has written a book about it, Blueprint, in which he's just... There are so many studies. There's nothing new about this except that this other twin has this remarkably different, you know, 16-point IQ gap, mm. which has made the story. And then, as you say, you read on and go, mind you, she has been, like, dropped on her head multiple times. I mean, yeah. which is... Well, I was going to... But you can see why, given how controversial it is, there's an effort to say we'd like it more if it was nurture. So there's an effort to say, oh, it'd be good if it was nurture, but it's, yeah. it's unclear. It seems to be, actually, Wishful what they're saying thinking. is that, that it definitely is uh, nature... Yeah. And when you read something like this as a parent, you just think, oh, what's the point? What is the point? Don't waste <laughs> your money. Like, what is that? Just Don't think... waste your money on fancy schools when you could be spending you know, when my wife says, oh, making that's... lifetime memories. Let's, Although, let's, what... let's not argue in front of the kids. I'm like, no, let's argue, no, let's argue in front of the kids. That well, doesn't make any they difference. they did have similar traits and got on well, which is interesting. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Most exactly. of it is nature. Well, there is also something called the non-shared environment. And nobody... It's like the dark matter of psychology. Nobody knows what it is. But it isn't your house. It isn't your school. It isn't how you raise them. It isn't how you dress. It's not whether you sing them like clever read nursery them rhymes, night read to them every yeah. night, teach them to play piano. It's something else. It's not nurture. That explains my uh, second yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> World chess champion, talking of IQ, Magnus Carlsen is probably one of the most intelligent young men on the planet, but he's had enough of playing chess. Yeah, 31 years old. Uh, he's won it five times. Well, undisputed king of chess. And he basically said, uh, yeah, I'm not going to bother playing this year. He does. He's not going to uh, contest his, uh, his world championship. And... Yep. That's it. He just says he doesn't particularly yeah. like chess. That's yeah. it. One, one comment. The only thing, what, what's happened here is he's applied that very logical mind that's so good at chess to the question, why play chess? And he's come up with, there is no exactly. reason. A slightly more promising young man is Harry Styles, Harry uh, who Styles, has got his own degree now. The Mirror's saying, has a university course in the US dedicated to him? 
and of course, <laughs> they're calling it an exciting course called The Cult of Celebrity Identity and the Internet. And of course, this is Harry Styles from One Direction. And if you take that course, your life is only going in one direction, I have to say. And this, of course, comes from, I checked out the guy, the professor or, or, or academic, he has got, he has got a very uh, anti-racism, rainbowy flag bio. And he said that, um, just out of interest, <laughs> And he said that he's got tenure now, so he's like, this is what tenure looks like, let's go. So he's basically saying he can do what he wants I now. I think that that Korean twin took this course, <laughs> and that's why <laughs> she's so. 16 points lower now. It is a serious <laughs> point. I mean, people are going to spend money taking this course. And hundreds out years, of thousands of pounds they do in America. And be utterly unemployable, a complete waste. So they will realise themselves after three months. It was, I mean, is it just some sort of... Does it actually exist, do you think, seriously? Yeah, it does. Yeah, but they've also got out. ones about Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Kanye West. Thursday's Guardian has another dismal story from the American educational system uh, in which a Nazi symbol has appeared over a primary school. Is that right? Yes. So uh, it's not the swastika. It's, it's basically like the eagle, uh, the sort of Nazi eagle. It looks a bit like the Nazi. It was based on the American eagle, but it looks like the way that it's sort of designed, it looks like the, uh, the Nazi one, especially when the... Sim the um... There it is. We have a picture. Oh, there we go. So ES next to each other. There's a yeah, lot of straight bit. lines in there. Yeah. That looks not good to me. Especially not, not... And if someone and, screen caps yeah. this, and it's it doesn't look great either. And it's opposite uh, a, a, a synagogue uh, as well. So that's not good. They're now they're going to change it and stuff like that. But supposedly that area, this is Cobb County in Georgia. It's got a lot of anti-Semitic instances increasing. And I'd just like to say, separately, because this wasn't covered anywhere else, a report came out a few days ago uh, in the UK, that uh, it's gone up fivefold. UK incidents in in really? in, in uh, anti-Semitism in British schools have increased five uh, fivefold over. Um, sorry, tripled in the last five years. Tripled in the last Tri five years. That's what's happened. And is there any particular reason for that? Do you think? Yeah, because there's a lot of anti-Semitic people out there. Okay. What do you think, Nick? Well, not about, not about anti-Semitism, but about this particular... Ego is not that much. I think, I think it might have been a story that occurred a while ago on Free Speech Nation and came back. I'm not certain. It, I just said here they were trying to represent the eagle soaring into excellence and honour the history of our great school. But you can't really mess around with the eagle. You've got to be careful with that eagle. The thing about the eagle is, just to offer a word of defence, or at least yeah. to say that it was, it was almost certainly ill-advised, and I believe it is opposite a synagogue as well, in which case, you know, that, is, that doubles it down. But... but the American eagle is, is a valid, you know, eagles have been a, a major symbol of national, super, you know, national supremacy, yeah. national authority, national... Yeah. Uh, people like the bird of prey, generally yeah. speaking. But, as, and but if it had been, like an eagle, if it'd been no, a nice yeah. sort of wingy... No, but they always stand like No, no, that. but this was like <laughs> sort of straight lines and this is our eagle! Evans, to Evans defends Nazi logo. That's yeah. all I'm seeing on Welsh the clip. Eagle. That's what I'm going for. Well, that is all we have time for this evening. Thank you so much to my guests, Josh Howie and Nick Dixon. Say goodnight. 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 It's been an absolute pleasure. Join me tomorrow. I will be in the company of Josh once again as a Jula will be filling a Nick Dixon-shaped hole. We will see you there. <laughs> Stay cool this evening and uh, have a very good night. Goodnight. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 